Today, as I said, considering our monthly theme, we are considering the earth itself as a structure, the largest and most important structure of all, the only shelter and home of every living being of all kinds that we know, plants and the animals, including us humans. There is no doubt that our planet is in grave danger because of many things that humans do, including increasing the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which has led to warming of the entire planet, creating global climate change. Climate change is already having a drastic effect on sea level rise, weather, and many natural cycles. And our nonstop pollution of all kinds, waste, and toxic substances going into the land, the air, and the water are also hurting our home. We all need to make big changes in our own lives, and collectively, all humans need to make big changes as communities, states, and nations. And the huge size of all the changes that need to be made can feel overwhelming to us individually. And as individuals, we can feel helpless in the face of that. I know I do some days. So what can inspire us to green activism on behalf of the planet? Right in front of us today, literally this very minute, we have people who have come together to make a change in our country And they are making a huge difference, a nationwide difference that I expect will have far-reaching effects. I am speaking of Cameron Caskey, Jacqueline Corrin, David Hogg, Emma Gonzalez, and Alec Wind. Former President Barack Obama has just nominated them to be on the list of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People of 2018. These are the youth from Parkland, Florida, who have taken on the issue of gun control reform and have become such powerful national advocates that many changes have already taken place in the last two months in legislation at the state and local level, in nationwide youth activism, including the million-plus students who walked out of their schools on March 14th and again yesterday, April 20th and in hundreds and thousands of young adults registering to vote. So I am hopeful that the Parkland students' activism, plus the activism they have ignited in so many people of all ages, will continue to be successful. Now, from the beginning of the Parkland students' activism, people have written and spoken about how the Parkland students are living up to the deeds of the person for whom their high school is named, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. And she is the person whose story of green activism I am telling today. As you can see, she lived to be 108 years old. And she was an activist until she was about 100 years old. Wow, indeed. Marjorie Stoneman was born in 1890 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Her parents divorced when she was six, and she and her mother moved in with her mother's family in Massachusetts. 
Her father moved to Florida, where eventually he became the founder and editor-in-chief of the Miami Herald newspaper. As a child, Marjorie found comfort in doing lots of reading and also found that she had a love of and a gift for writing. As a teenager, she had stories and puzzles printed in major newspapers and national magazines, winning several writing awards. At 18, she went to Wellesley College in Massachusetts with the help of her aunt and both her grandmothers. There, she became known for her writing and her public speaking abilities. She graduated in 1912 with a degree in English and a very uncertain future. Back then, it was still unusual for a woman to have a college degree at all, let alone a career of any kind. She soon met a man named Kenneth Douglas and married him in three months. The marriage was brief and disastrous. Marjorie got in touch with her father in Florida, whom she had not seen since she was six years old, and with her father's help, she ended her marriage and moved to Florida, where she found her true home. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas worked for the Miami Herald as an editor and writer, eventually having her own very popular newspaper column. She wrote on many subjects, including women's right to vote, because women weren't allowed to vote in the United States until 1920, when she was 30. Marjorie also wrote about um, organized labor rights and desegregation. She also went to Europe with the Red Cross during World War I and worked with refugees in France. She quit the newspaper in 1923, and after that, she supported herself totally as a freelance writer. In the next 70 years, she wrote over 100 published short stories and five novels. She wrote plays that were performed around the U.S. She wrote advertising copy. She wrote anything that people would commission her to write. And during this time, she came to love Florida's natural environment more and more. In the early 1940s, Marjorie was asked to write a chapter on the Miami River in a book of American rivers. She was not impressed with the Miami River, calling it about an inch long, but as part of her research, she learned, she really began to learn about the Everglades and its ecosystem that surround Miami that take up almost all of southern Florida. So she, she argued with the book's editors to let her write the chapter in the book about the Everglades, not the Miami River, calling the Everglades, the Everglades a river of grass. Since Florida was settled really not starting heavily until the 1880s, the Everglades had come under threat from people who wanted to drain it take its water, and develop the land. And indeed, over 50% of the original Everglades has been lost to farming and other development. The Everglades is still about 2 million acres, most of it protected in state and national parks. It is a subtropical wetland wilderness, and it is a one-of-a-kind environment. There is no other place like it in the world. 
it has at least seven completely different and distinct types of ecosystems, including prairies, marshes, hardwood forests, lakes, rivers, and ocean bays. It is the home of thousands upon thousands of species of plant and animal life, including endangered species such as the Florida panther, the manatee, and the American alligator. In 1947, Marjorie published a whole book on the Everglades titled River of Grass. It sold out in a month, and it has gone through many editions, selling close to a million copies. As with all of her writing, the book is an amazingly detailed and complex narrative about the Everglades, but beautifully and accessibly written, story-like. But most of all, Marjorie made it clear that the Everglades were completely connected to, throughout history, to Florida's people and cultures. She made it clear that it is a treasure beyond imagining and is necessary in many ways, just as it is. And she also made it clear that the Everglades were under threat of serious destruction, which has actually never, never stopped. So this one book was the inspiration for thousands of people in Florida and beyond to organize to protect and preserve the Everglades. Along with Rachel Carson's Silent Spring, it is considered to be one of the most influential books on the American environment ever written. So for the next 40 years after the book was written, and until she was about 100 years old, Marjorie was an activist champion of the Everglades. She was instrumental in the establishment of the Everglades National Park and the several state parks that all together protect what is left of the Everglades. She founded the Friends of the Everglades, an advocacy group, and traveled the state giving hundreds, to probably thousands of speeches over the decades about Everglades protection. And as I said, the threats to the Everglades have never stopped up to and including today. Marjorie was described by a Miami reporter as having, quote, a tongue like a switchblade and the moral authority to embarrass bureaucrats and politicians and make things happen. She received many awards in her lifetime, including the U.S. Medal of Freedom in 1993. That is the highest honor that can be given to a, a civilian citizen, and that was when she was 103 years old. I think it is truly accurate to say that without Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, there probably would be nothing left of the Everglades today. So I close this story with these words on activism from Marjorie, and let's read them together. Be a nuisance where it counts. Do your part to stimulate the public to join your action. Be depressed, discouraged, and disappointed at failure 
and the disheartening effects of ignorance, greed, corruption, and bad politics, but never give up.